Welcome to another episode of the Life Adventurous Podcast. I'm Jenny Hollow, your host, and I am excited as always as we continue this journey on the Chakra Series. And you guys are going to love, 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 love this guest today. She is so powerful, and I'm so glad that she is closing off our throat chakra portion of this series. She's our final guest in this area of our body. And without further ado, I'm going to bring Violetta Pleshakova onto the podcast. She's a paradigm shifter, a leadership mentor, inspirational speaker, and writer on a mission to help rising leaders and conscious entrepreneurs own their uniqueness and lead with their magic. Violetta holds a PhD in cultural studies, and she has been leading personal development courses internationally for over a decade. And this is my most favorite part. She's a citizen of the world and divides her time between Berlin, Johannesburg, Amsterdam, Moscow, and Southern France. Violetta, welcome, welcome to the show. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, and you have to tell something fun, and I know you've got plenty of fun stories to tell. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jenny. Thank you for having me. Well, let me tell you a fun story from last year. As mentioned, I travel a lot. I live a bit of a digital nomad life. And last year, this time, I got locked down in Johannesburg. And I think it's just, you know, the universe has this way of always giving us what we need, not necessarily what we want. It has always been my dream to live in South Africa for a while. And so, of course, be careful what you wish for. My wish got delivered. So I got to live in Johannesburg for six months in lockdown during the pandemic. I could not get back to Europe, to Europe, but it was the best thing that could have happened to me because I really connected with the land, with the people, and it was a truly special chapter in my life. And now I'm back in, in, in Europe, here in Berlin. It's very cold. Yeah, definitely. So explain a little bit more about yourself because I was looking on your website. I also saw the words, you know, that you do like human design, soul work, gene keys, Akashic records. I mean, you have so much that you bring to the table. So share a little bit more about who you are and your work. Yes. So my work is powered more by my mission and my message, more by that than any method. I think any method is only as good as our ability to apply it. And any method is good for someone, but no method is a do-all, be-all. So for me, Akashic Records, Gene Keys, Human Design, Energy Work are simply the tools that I have come across in my in my life and on my journey. They help me so much that I studied it and now this is what I use. But my work is all about helping people figure out what makes them unique, helping them get connected with their real essence and then translate that essence into purpose into be that business or simply their daily life so my guiding question is how can we live in alignment with our soul how can we make the impact that we came here to make how can we be the paradigm shifters that the world needs but in a way that is authentic and aligned to us individually without following rules without copying other people without stepping into unique self-expression that is our birthright that is already encoded within our very DNA. Yeah, I love that. And I think that even goes into a little bit because my next question was, is like, what does the throat chakra mean to you? Such a good question. What it means to me, I see it as a portal. I see it as a portal that has a revolving door in it. A revolving door meaning you can open it outwards to express something, 
to give something to the world or you can open it inwards to receive the world. So to me, it's a revolving door. It's not only about what you share. It's also about what you take in and how you connect with the world, how you interface with the world in your own unique way. So it's self-expression, creation and interaction. I love that because a lot of people talk about how it's really like you speaking and sharing your truth and sharing your story, but it's almost like, and we were talking about this before, you also do a program on visibility and being seen. So it sounds like it's much more than just speaking and sharing your truth. Share a little bit more about that. So what I've come to notice and I've worked with a lot of people internationally. I used to train coaches, actually, before coaching was cool, like (laughs) eight years ago. And big thing on trainings, we worked a lot on our being. Because as a trainer and as a coach, as a mentor, I noticed that very often it is who I am being that impacts people way beyond what I'm saying. Even when people interact with us online, when they go through our website or through our social media feed, they feel our energy. And the word I like to use for that is transmission. Each of us has an energetical transmission. It's like we are radiating and we are always sharing our essence and our energy with the world. And it is beyond words. It is also our values. It is also how we walk the talk or don't, yeah? It is also how we show up when nobody's watching. So to me, it's not it, it's not words alone. It's holistic. It's the totality of who you are, and it's the energetical imprint you leave on the world and what you emit when you are just being, because it's everywhere. You know, I always think the way I talk to the parcel delivery guy, if that's different, to how I talk to, let's say, a corporate client, then I'm a shitty leader because then there is a discrepancy in how I show up. I can go downstairs to the bakery. That bakery makes amazing croissants. So if I go there and I smile to the lady who's handing me croissants, this is also self-expression. Although I'm not there to coach her, I'm not there to, to sell her anything, but I can make her day by being really nice to her while many customers are not. You know, so that to me is also using the throat chakra and the power of self-expression. It's the energy that each of us can bring to all of our interactions because this is how we also interrelate collectively, how we treat each other, how we show up beyond our profession, beyond those spaces that are our platform. Mm. I, I love that. And I, and I want to go into, I feel like the next best thing to talk about here is something that I saw. I think I either saw it on your Instagram or I saw it on your website or so I saw it somewhere where you were talking about how to share yourself generously and how to really just be authentically you. And so my question is, how can we do that, especially now? At least what we're experiencing here in the US is a lot of cancel culture, a lot of like shaming and virtue signaling. And, you know, like people are feeling, especially with some of these more heated topics politically, you know, people are starting to be like, oh, I don't wanna share what I'm saying. And I always feel like there's two different sides of the coin here, but I'm like, how do we share ourselves generously without censoring ourselves? Yeah, I think this is very nuanced. And what comes to me as an answer is, first and foremost, I think we need to be clear on who we are. We need to be clear on our values. We need to be clear on what we truly stand for. 
and what is real. So to me, it starts with self-honesty. Before I can be honest with the world, I need to be honest with myself. I need to be honest about my intention for sharing something. Because intention will color the transmission. If my intention, if I'm sharing something beautiful, but my intention is actually to get attention, then it's not genuine. Then people will feel it and energetically it will put them off. So I think self-honesty, being clear on your motivation, being clear on your intention is the starting point of all authenticity. Because to me, authenticity, it starts with, with that alignment, with knowing what is my truth. And also, is this truth appropriate? Because I think a lot of people lose the nuance. In communication, it's so much about nuance because it's so easy to be tone deaf, to be, to be just culturally unaware. And I noticed that just from my experience in so many countries. Mm-hmm. What's okay in one culture might be slightly different in another. So to me, it's not just only about what am I here to say, but also am I able and willing to listen? Do I take the time to understand different viewpoints, different paradigms? And to me, it's very important to, to also look at voices that have been silenced for centuries, voices that do not get enough exposure to give platform to people who, who are censored, who are, who are not prioritized. And that requires willingness. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just shut up and listen and learn before we jump in and try to claim our space and be all over the place and scream the loudest. So that is also how we use throat chakra, not just to express, but also to listen. And then sometimes just pause, take a step back, unpack everything internally before there is this place of stillness. Because authenticity cannot be rushed. It is not, it is not necessarily being the first one to respond, being the first one to make an impression, being the first one to speak up. You know, I'm reminded like a year ago when COVID started, all sorts of people on Instagram started to come up with theories. Everyone was claiming to channel this and that, but then none of it came true because none of us have a clue about what's going on. And, and back then, I did not feel like talking to my audience about it whatsoever because it felt to me like it's not my place. I have to step back. I have to process this internally. I have to calibrate and find my footing first. And then when I'm clear on my values and my position on the net, then I can speak. I think very often people speak prematurely. They speak too fast because they are afraid. There is fear of missing out. They, they want to claim the stage and so on or be the expert or the first one to comment. And very often they are speaking when they're not centered. So I think being centered, that inner alignment, that pause before you speak is very important. Mm. I mean, it's just so powerful. I got so many chills of confirmation when you were sharing that because the power of not only standing in your own truth, but that centering that you're saying, because what I'm seeing in, in the conversations online, and, and most of them are U.S. conversations, is just a lot of fear. And the lashing out comes from a place of fear. And I really feel like this is a good time to tie in something because your, your Instagram is phenomenal. I love like the deep like ideas and the things that spark like thinking and reflecting that you have on your Instagram. And so you had posted incorruptibility, the ability to choose your truth and the intri- integrity of your soul over everything else. So I feel like this ties into what we're talking about. So you share a little bit more because I'm not going to read your whole post. I want to hear it like live and authentic, right? Like what does it mean to be incorruptible 
And how does this, I mean, this ties in so much to the throat chakra and owning our worth and this journey of becoming authentic and, and truly you. I feel like it does. What about you? Oh, thank you for your kind words about my Instagram. I put a lot of love into it. It's my, my favorite social media platform. And yes, so to me, corruptibility is all about loyalty. What are you loyal to? Who are you loyal to? Are you loyal to the trend or are you loyal to yourself? Are you loyal to the whims of your mind that wants this, then it wants that? Or are you loyal to your soul? And centering is my favorite tool because to me, centering is that ability to pause, slow down, take a moment to ground into your body, to connect with your soul, to connect with your heart, to connect with yourself on all possible levels, on the physical level, on the mental level, on the emotional level, on the spiritual level. And from that centered place, the world can be spinning. The world is always spinning. And being centered and choosing your loyalties wisely this is what can hold us during tough times. And I will give you an example. Actually, back to my Instagram. You know, there are lots of trends. One of them is reels. Then there are the infographics and all those posts where there are like nine pictures. Mm -hmm. And each picture has a sentence instead of it being in caption. I mean, nothing wrong with that. But if I were disloyal to myself, I would jump on those trains because reels get engagement. But the thing is, like, I'm not a fan of video content. Like, I just don't process it, you know? Like, my phone is always on silent. I don't watch reels or videos and stuff. It's just not me. If I were to do that, the energetical signature of my Instagram would be so off. I would be so off-center. I would be lying. I would be operating from the wrong intention. I would be expressing myself, yes, maybe strategically. Yes, maybe in a powerful way because reels get engagement. My message can reach more people, but at what cost? I would feel like I'm doing something that is not me. I would feel like my motivation is to impress. My motivation is to seek attention instead of to express. So I thought to myself, if my brain just doesn't work in the infographic way, okay, I admire people who do that. I admire people who make funny reels. Fantastic. But I'm not going to try and be them. That to me is incorruptibility. Even at the face of things like, following business goals, success milestones, and so on. Because it can be very tempting to betray yourself or to become corruptible when things like love and money are at stake. This is when human beings often get corruptible, when we feel like, oh, it's threatening my success. It's threatening my survival. Am I going to be loved if I am loyal to myself first? But to me, that's the choice. I'd rather be loyal to myself than be liked by others. Mm, that's so powerful. And especially like, you know, I, I've got a couple different thoughts converging here. So my history, and the listeners have heard this before, but since you don't know this, is my history was in corporate America, working a job, being an employee, and really my, my personality through that was really about pleasing, being the top rep, making sure I was like the model employee, impressing people. But this journey since I left my corporate job over a year ago has really been about exactly what you said, like stepping more into like, who am I loyal to? I never thought about it that way. And I think that I know that that's gonna unlock some more things for me, just that thought. But just this process, this, this journey of connecting to ourselves, this journey of being centered, this journey of listening to ourselves is so powerful 
because I feel like, especially when you're starting a business and you're trying to figure out what to do and you want to be successful, I definitely have pulled, been pulled in so many ways, you know, like jumped on this trend and that trend. And, you know, we put so much effort and energy into creating an SLO funnel, which is a self-liquidating offer. We spent so much time on that. And, and really, honestly, when it came down to it, it's like, what do Jay and I want to do? What actually resonates with us? And that was us exactly what you said, stepping outside of what really felt good. And so I really want to go more into this idea of expressing versus impressing. Cause I feel like impressing has a lot of ego and you're impressing to show that you have the likes, you have the people, you have the followers. So let's talk a little bit more and go deeper into expressing versus impressing. Yeah. So you said it perfectly. Impressing is actually just desiring attention and it's often driven by fear or lack. But if we go a bit, and expressing is all about sharing your essence just because you cannot not share it. I always think about my cat. My cat taught me so much. She's hilarious. <laughs> so when I look at my cat, I notice that she's just catting. She's just being herself. She does not think if I like it when she's scratching my couch or not. She does not feel guilty. She does not feel embarrassed. She's just expressing. It's so natural and pure. And we see that in children as well. But when it starts to go off is as we grow up, we realize that love is not unconditional. We realize that very often even our survival and our security and our safety are dependent on our behavior. And human beings cannot survive without attention. Science knows that, that if a baby is not given love and attention, the baby will die. So human beings develop all kinds of strategies to get attention. This is how we become people pleasers, or this is how we become disruptive, or this is how we be, some of us become avoidant and aloof. There are different types depending on your nervous system. And so essentially impressing is deeply ingrained in us through growing up, through surviving teenage years, through surviving work environment and so on. But deep down, we are all just human beings who want love and attention. And I want to make it clear that, to, look, in my opinion, seeking external validation is actually not wrong. It is human. Because it's in our biology. We want to receive confirmation that we exist. We do need that mirroring because we are social creatures. So I don't think that it's possible to get rid of the desire to receive attention. Yes, of course, social media blows it out of proportion and exploits that, but it's a very natural human desire. And that gets me to think, why are we so keen on impressing others? I think it's because many of us lack genuine connections in our lives. We lack depth in our relationships and we lack that self-communion, as I call it. We lack that feeling of being centered in ourselves. So we start soliciting it from strangers. But if only we could swing back to building better relationships, getting more, more of that attention, but in a more authentic way, in a more healthy way, I think there would be less need to impress strangers on the internet. They would be just expressing from being full, expressing from already being seen. So I think we could all benefit from just slowing down and looking at, do I feel truly seen in my life? Do I feel seen by my closest people? Do I feel truly seen by myself? And what can I do to ensure that this close-knit network around me sees me for who I really am 
such that when I go out there onto a platform or whatever in the world, I don't have to play tricks so much. You know, what's coming up is definitely a little bit of my personal journey. And I know there's other people who are experiencing this right now. And so that's why I want to bring it up and share. As a sales professional, I was definitely very confident and very good. Didn't mind being seen going out there. You know, like I was like very Mm -hmm. confident, like I got this. And then when it came to my own content, I have dipped in and out of, ooh, do I want to be seen as my content good enough? You know, and and really I've been working a lot on stepping more into the self-worth, stepping more into the visibility, wanting to be seen, but also something you said triggered this question is validation. Because I've been doing a lot of looking into, you know, like healing my inner child and looking back into, you know, old beliefs and shedding old beliefs. So I've been doing a lot of personal depth of work. And so when it comes to external validation, part of this journey of being seen, part of this journey of the throat chakra, when it's your own content, your own thing, it's like when I share it, I crave validation. And if I don't get the validation, I feel like I should get or I feel like is equivalent to what I shared, it almost puts me back in my shell. So how mm. do you unlock that circle? Because I, we have clients who are, you know, have this like dream to, you know, start a blog or share some, some of their stories, but then they get stuck, right? And I think it's something similar to this process of like, I wanna share, you know, and it could be validation or it could be work. I mean, there's lots of different things that come up, but then, you know, you go back in. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing this. Uh, I, I totally see what you mean, and, and I also had clients who share the same. And I mean, I can also relate. I think it's very human. It's a very human thing. Nobody wants to be screaming into the void. Mm. Yeah, and that's why I say it's natural to want validation. Just because we want to know: Am I on the right track? Mm-hmm. Am I reaching the right people? Is this actually helpful to my audience? And so my answer is not very straightforward. My answer, I think, has to do a lot with social media culture and entrepreneurial culture. What I think needs to happen is that we need to become more responsive to each other. I think often we are just scrolling too quickly. We are subscribed to too many things and we don't have enough attention to give to those creators. So what I wish everyone would do is just start leaving more comments, giving more feedback, leaving reviews on books and podcasts that you enjoy. Let people know that you love their content because it goes a long way. A tiny little comment goes a long way. So I think we need to culturally create a bit more support towards each other. And, you know, in my life, what I've noticed, sometimes I post. And there is nothing. But the next day, somebody will show up in my inbox and say, oh, my God, I feel like you posted this and it was written for me. And then I think, even if I touched one life with this post, it was worth it. So I think we also need to work on our expectations. How do we measure impact? Do we measure it by amount of response or do we measure it by depths of impact? So to me, it's not about the quantity, but it's more about the quality. And to me, even if I got one response from one person who said this did something for them, I'm good. I don't care about anything else. So I think it's that and overall just being the response we want to receive. 
giving the response that we want to receive because that's why it's social media it's not only about us receiving it's also about what we give to each other and that can sh- it can shift the cultural landscape and the status quo in the entrepreneurial culture how we treat each other how we treat creators how willing are we to be to participate in that um, economy do we pay other people do we hire other healers in it i think we need to all just be hiring each other liking each other's stuff sharing each other's stuff having a bit more camaraderie in that space and just lifting each other up yeah i love that and i feel like this is a good opportunity to anchor what we already talked about and the idea of expressing versus impressing because even with that post you said okay you know how do we measure it you know we can measure it by the depth of impact But also, I feel like this is also a good time to check in and see, was that post you were sharing your essence and expressing, or was the post about impressing because you felt like you had to impress people in order to get sales or get likes or get comments? Totally. I think people always feel your intention. They feel sincerity, authenticity, honesty. They feel the intention behind it versus the content. It doesn't matter how well-crafted your copy is, if the intention is to manipulate or if the intention is fear and scarcity, it's like, oh my God, I'm not getting enough sales, I need to post something. Or, oh, I haven't posted in five days, people will forget that I exist, let me post something. And what's the point? Because it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. And um, for myself, I've even noticed that it hardly ever works for me to pre-schedule stuff because the sincerity of what I feel in the moment when I hit the publish button in the moment, it's that excitement and that purity that is felt. And all my best content and best posts that really moved people and got them to message me or whatever, those were things that I actually wrote for myself. My yesterday's post, it came straight from my diary. I have written it for myself. Mm-hmm. I did not plan to share it, but then after I've written, I thought, oh, this is this could be inspiring for the people. So that is like the diary test. Let me call it the diary test. Would you write that in your own diary for your very own self to read? And if yes, then you can share that. If there is a piece of value, if there is a nugget of wisdom and insight in it, then share it with the world. Then it's pure and sincere. It's, um, it's not, it's not uh, reverse engineered. I love it. I love it. It's so good. And these are such great tips. Okay. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go down another path because I, I, I love a po- another post on Instagram that you made. And I really want to talk about it and have you talk about it a little bit more because I feel like what's so important right now is that we as a society, as a human race, as a world, as a global citizen, we really understand what freedom is. And not freedom like, oh, I need to be free from my government. I mean, yes, that's a form of freedom, but I'm talking about like your own personal freedom. This idea, at least this is the way that I've been, you know, playing with it in my mind, this idea that I'm free from anyone or anything controlling me, any sort of marketing, you know, like I'm not buying this bag, this designer bag, because the marketing told me if I buy the bag, I'm going to be amazing, right? It's just like this freedom to be me and express who I am. And you made a post about the two sides of freedom, freedom from and freedom as. And I would love to like yeah. hear you speak live about this idea and this concept because it's really, really powerful. So freedom from is moving away from something. For example, freedom from schedule, freedom from rules, freedom from limitations, freedom from the past, freedom from the known. But freedom as is moving towards something. Freedom as yourself. 
freedom as a human being. And freedom as, to me, it moves into the direction of unconditionality, that I can be free even if I'm sitting here in lockdown. I can be free even if there are conditions and circumstances that are not optimal. Can you, can you be free internally regardless of the circumstances? And I always think about one incredible human being at this point, anytime I think about freedom, Viktor Frankl. He was imprisoned in concentration camps mm-hmm. during World War II, and he wrote this famous book called A Man's Search for Meaning, in which he shared how he survived. He survived by imagining that he's lecturing he was imagining that he survived and that he's lecturing and sharing his insights. So he managed to be free even in the concentration camp because to him, it was about who he was being, how he chose to show up. And so my favorite question to us, just for day-to-day freedom as a tool, who do I choose to be? What would make me proud? Who would I choose to be today? How do I choose to show up today? How do I choose to respond to this circumstance? Am I going to allow it to dominate me or am I going to choose my response? I love uh, what you said here. And it's, it's so powerful is inner liberation is an adventure in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it never ends. I think we always hit the next edge, the next edge, the next growth edge all the time, simply because life is non-linear. We can't have it figured out. Like, I don't, like so many people think, uh, oh, okay, I was free. And then lockdown came. Are you still free? So that's the test. Eh? The next thing comes, are you still free? So we have to renegotiate and rediscover ourselves. And through that, we are growing. And through that, we find what is important to us. Also allowing our values to change because we are, we are not, we are not static. We are not cut in stone. And as human beings, we change and evolve. So I guess we've got to allow ourselves to, to always check in and be like, okay, is this still true? Have I grown? Is it time to update my definition of freedom perhaps? Is it time to update the way I express myself? Is this still working? Is this still aligned? Mm. So you said, you said, I believe this was like what you filled out when you wanted to come on the show and it's perfect timing because I wanted to ask you this. You said liberation comes when you can lean into your edge. How do we lean into our edge? What is our edge? Uh, How do we identify that? mm, That's such a great question. To me, leaning into my edge means finding those places of growth that I'm not yet fully certain about but I feel that it's right for me to go there. So it's anything that feels uncertain or slightly scary or slightly uncomfortable. So let's say it, it tickles you. Maybe it doesn't rattle you, but it tickles you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, and that tickle, it can be confused with fear because it's a, the adrenaline, but I think it's actually excitement. It's excitement about new possibility, about sensing into something formless, that is about to be formed. So that's the edge. To me, it is everywhere we, we, we either feel too much or not enough because too much and not enough are basically two sides of the same coin. It's the coin of inadequacy. So anywhere where you feel inadequate, that is a grow, growth edge to own that, to integrate that. Maybe it's a trigger, maybe it's a shadow, maybe it's a disowned part of you, but this is how we reclaim our wholeness. And it's like we're becoming bigger. We are becoming brighter. We take all those edges that 
feel uncomfortable or that feel inadequate. It feels like, oh, I'm too confident. Or maybe I'm not enough. Or I'm not confident enough. You know, you take those edges and you bring them home. You start embracing them. You start unpacking them. And that's how you learn. Because you might discover that, oh, okay, there is like a big hairy wound and trauma there. Okay, let me deal with that. Or another one could be like, oh, it's actually just not me. It's just a projection of other people. They put it on me, but it's not me. And so you can let go, let go of that. And why is that liberation? It's because then when you lean into your edge, it doesn't own you. You own it. You are not owned by, let's say, your insecurity of being not confident enough. Or you are not owned by what people think you are too much. Yeah, you're too intense. You're not owned by it. You bring it home, you bring it back. No, you own it. You are free to be that or not be that. It's not like you now have to be loud and intense all the time. Yeah, you can be that or you cannot be that. It's, it's fine either way. But at least it's not It's not an issue. It doesn't tickle you anymore. It doesn't rattle you. So is that is that the sign that you know you've integrated it, that you've leaned into it? Yeah, I believe so. Then you are calm and scented and it's, it's a non-issue. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Oh man, you know, this is a whole, whole nother, and I, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but it's just a comment. Like, I wish that this stuff was taught, right? Like taught earlier and it's not yeah. necessarily found in, you know, the edges of the internet, so to speak, because unless you're into these things, you may never discover these things. I feel like mainstream humanity needs to hear this, needs to yeah, understand this and true. know this, because this is some major yeah. stuff that could help everybody step into their power and their freedom. Yeah, my, my dream is that uh, there will come a day where at school they read uh, children's human design and their gene key profile and then they teach them in alignment with their unique design. They don't try to push one size fits all kind of education, but they tailor make it to, to the child where everyone gets recognized in their unique self-expression. Again, back to my earlier point, if everyone felt loved and truly seen, there would be no need to impress. There would be no people pleasing because we would be seeing each other for who we really are. There would be no hiding because it would be safe to be yourself. And I just wish we had that. And I think parents can give it to their kids at home and we can give it to our friends to each other, to people close to us, to strangers, just to be more accepting of human diversity and be more accepting of other people's edges as well. Because our edges will rub off each other. We will trigger each other. There'll be a shadow play and so on. That's inevitable. This is this is our human family. Huh? But I just wish there was more, more love towards each other and more recognition of our humanness and our uniqueness and respect for that. Hmm. So powerful. And really, everyone listening, when this goes live and at any point in time, I feel like that's a powerful call to action. Because a lot of times we think, and I've, this even ties in the throat chakra, you know, we think, oh, you know, it's just me. What, what mm -hmm. difference am I going to make? But it's not. It's not just you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to say something on this. I think a lot of people get fed that big fat story of you need to go out there and change the world and pursue your passion and build this huge business or whatever, become famous, um, write a book and whatever. But I don't think it's everybody's job. I think for some people, they, they are quite content living a non-public life, but making a difference for their family. So I think it doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter how big your platform is or how famous you are, how well-known. Everyone can make a difference. 
And everyone has a responsibility to make a difference, especially for those of us who are privileged to have the opportunity to do so. I think it's, it's, our, it's our sacred duty to make a difference with how we treat each other, with how we support each other, with how we show up, with how we walk the talk. So leadership is not a big title. Leadership is a choice. Leadership is how you show up for the people in your life. It's how you care for them, how you bring purpose to everything you do. And I think we, we got to take, take the space that we have and fill it with authenticity and fill it with that care and with that purposefulness. Mm. I love it. And I think it's a perfect time to ask another question. You just have so many interesting things that asking you questions was so easy. You know, just like between looking at your website and your Instagram, I was like, oh, I want to know about this. I want to know about that and hear your take on it. And one of it is you mentioned you know, how to create authentic, uncompromised self and soul expression. And I know we've touched on a lot of this, but those words trigger something different for me. Because to me, Mm. and I'd love to hear your take on this, to me, I feel like self-expression is a little bit going into our, like our human life and the way we are, Mm -hmm. how we show up as a human versus soul expression feels so much deeper. But maybe you don't feel that way. I'm really curious. I totally agree with you. I also feel the difference. Self-expression and soul expression. To me, soul expression is, hmm, it's like there's something secret about it, something timeless. Because ultimately, you know, we never know for sure. But to me, how it feels, our soul is just that timeless essence. And it takes human form, this body with its own unique way of being. But it's almost like it wants to leave a legacy. It wants to to represent something that will stay. It wants to be remembered for having lived up to its own values. And there is there is just a, I think like a high standard of integrity when we are talking about soul expression, because self expression it can change moment to moment, but soul expression it's the energetical signature that is that will transcend time that that you will be remembered for. And I think we need to also remember that a lot of things we share, they're just an opinion. And from the soul perspective, everything, is, is, everything has, has its own right to be. And very often people get so lost when it comes to self-expression in defending their opinions, in trying to be right, in trying to say the right thing, in trying to convince everybody else. And they forget that where, where my soul truth is, there is also your soul truth and someone else's soul truth, and they all have the right to exist. So we need to, to hear all possible voices. And don't think that because it's my soul truth, now you need to move over, you know. <laughs> Everyone needs to have their space, and we need to have that respect. And remember that everything is, is just the story I have in my head anyway. I don't know if it's, if it's true or not. Uh, so truth is subjective in a way, but higher truth is timeless. And then we are just subjective expressions of it. And each of us adds a particular flavor. Yeah. And, and even as you said that, one of the things I thought was, you know, when it's like, this is my soul truth, move over, then that's the ego showing up. Yes, exactly. It's, uh, and people, I think, forget about it often and they get lost and they like, get so adamant about defending their so-called soul truth that they don't realize that it's actually been hijacked here a little bit. Because mm-hmm. that's, again, impressing versus expression. So true, it doesn't care how many people agree or how many people see it. It's like, all right, it's, it's, a very, it's actually very neutral. It's very impartial. To me, it feels like, okay, I got a download. I put it into words. I share it. I share it just to document it. I don't care who sees it. I trust that it will reach people who need it. 
And I don't care what happens next. It's in a way like, it's like I'm a priestess who is coming to my temple and I come there to sit. Mm -hmm. It's not not personal. It's not for my own personal entertainment. It's like, you know, sometimes I think if it was up to me, I would just live in a cabin in the woods and not communicate with humanity whatsoever, you know? (laughs) But uh, I don't have that luxury. (laughs) But what I'm saying is like, if I could get off social media, I probably would just for my own benefit. But I feel like because things are coming through, I want to share them. I want to share them as purely as I can. And it's very risky. It's very risky for many of us because we feel like, oh, okay, does anyone even care? And will I be able to sustain myself if I become that radical? If I really forego any, any rules and uh, any strategies and so on. So that is, that is the edge. That is the edge because the soul doesn't care if this post is strategic or not. The, the, the soul doesn't care if or how, what's the, the open rate on that uh, newsletter and so on. It doesn't care about that. It doesn't care about the metrics. Maybe it had an assignment to reach that one person who commented. And that is the whole point of the post. So we don't know. We need to be, be more nonlinear in, in how we measure things. Yeah, you know, every time I think I want to get off social media because there is a lot of just like negative energy on there. I remember times like this. You and I would have not met had it not been for mm-hmm. social media. And so I know there's a lot of magic in these tools, you know, but I have thought the same thing like, God, there's got to be a way to build this business without social mm-hmm. media, but also it's a great way to connect to people. Yeah. And, and, We've thought about it so many times, so many times. And I think I think part of that journey is also recognizing when these feelings are coming up. I mean, everything we've talked about in this episode is just really about self-awareness. It's about yeah. noticing. Another like idea or another like example that came into mind is the typical what you see on TV or whatever, a movie, or even like that's played out in high school or with friends or whatever, you know, someone being like, well, I ain't changing. This is who I am. You know, and people get really like Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of emotion and a lot of like protection. Like this is who I am. They need to just accept it. And so I feel like while there may be truth in that because it is who you are, there's also this level of self-awareness where is it really necessary to have that level of emotion, angst, anxiety, frustration come up when you say these things yeah i guess we all have chapters in our life where we have a healing to to do Mm -hmm. and at those times it can be more intense and emotional so i hold space and compassion for anyone who is now in the impressing chapter of their life just because they they need to move through that yeah it's uh, as as you said earlier we're not taught this we're not taught the difference so I, I have compassion for people who are flaunting themselves all over social media for, for attention. Not condescending compassion, but like, I get that. I get that. And I was just like, okay. Um, but I agree with you, yeah. There is no need to flaunt it in people's faces and be like, okay, okay, whatever. Um, but that again, when you get more centric, then you don't do that anymore because you, you have kind of gotten to that place of inner alignment. And with regards to social media, I'm just thinking, you know, one question that I'm asking myself all the time, am I truly contributing or am I only adding to the noise? Mm. And I think it's a very good check question to ask before sharing, before expressing, because stillness is also part of throat chakra. Stillness is also part of self-expression. Stillness, our voice cannot be used all the time. Sometimes we need to learn to shut up and give it a bit of a break. 
because through that it can recuperate and it can come up with new things to share. So stillness is important. Not adding to the noise is important. And I think sometimes less is more because again, it's about impact, the depth of impact, not the quantity. And that in that stillness, we find ourselves. In that stillness, we get recentered. And in that stillness, we get over that need to impose or impress or flaunt ourselves in, in a desperate attempt to self-express. Yeah, and another way to talk about that stillness, and this is something Jay has talked about and taught me, is the space between the notes and music. It's absolutely necessary. Because if there was some That's kind so of magical. a note happening all the time, it's just chaos. It would just be like, ah. Yeah. Like we oh, yeah. crave that space between the notes. Yeah, our nervous system, our nervous systems need that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And even you know, I'm I'm just sitting here thinking like this whole is what I'm creating adding to the noise or adding impact. And one of the things that we've been doing is we are we've have like a daily content piece going out. And we felt like, okay, at least it's helping us with visibility and keeping us top of mind so we're not forgotten. But also, too, a lot of those pieces then kind of add to the noise. So where do you feel like, you know, the, the level of visibility so that you are top of mind? Because, you know, and I, and I learned this in sales, like you have to talk to people seven times before they actually, like, get it. Mm, that's a very interesting point because, see, I say I'm a paradigm shifter, which means I question everything. I question marketing rules. I question the need to be on top of mind. Why? Why do I, I do I, no, I would phrase it like this. Do I really need them to be thinking about me all the time? Or do I need to, to harness serendipity? And do I need them to think about me at the right time? Do I need to be talking to more people or do I need to be talking to the right people? So I'm currently very much in favor of slow living and slow marketing and kind of quiet being more still and quiet because i'd rather have no engagement at all than have shallow engagement and i guess it's very individual for someone to share every day is is appropriate to their audience yeah because that's the kind of relationship that you have with the audience for some people sharing once a week is appropriate i think there is no no rule and because again it needs to feel right to you but to me i'm out of the race I'm out of the race. I've never been in that race, but I don't care. Uh, I don't care if I'm top of their mind. I don't care if they see it seven times or three times because I feel like I'm more invested in building deeper relationship with smaller audience. That is just my, my way. I don't want to have a big audience. I mean, maybe one day I will, but it's not my goal. I don't care. I want to have deeper relationships with, with people who, who I attract because they are amazing people. I love them. So I, my, my motto is go deeper, not faster. And I love it. And I feel like it just continues to reinforce the point of expressing versus impressing and really just checking with yourself and even checking, are you centered? Are you grounded? Who are you being loyal to? Yeah. And I think we're also moving into a completely new paradigm economy, a new paradigm of business where it is no longer about hustle. It is no longer about those marketing rules um, that you need uh, to have, I don't know, gazillion funnels uh, with 500,000 states. I think we're moving into community economy where there is a lot more mutual support, what I mentioned earlier. Just, and I think there is enough for everyone to go around. And I think a lot of those marketing techniques and self-expression techniques in business are powered by fear. They masquerade themselves as impact, 
they masquerade themselves as leadership, but actually they are scarcity driven because they are based on the thinking that, oh, if I don't create those steps, if I don't show up um, often, then I, I, I'm going to lose out. But oh, what if we shift the narrative? What if we come from trust? What if we come from, okay, I really know my audience. I really share valuable stuff. I know what I'm doing and I trust that it will reach the right people. I don't have to micromanage their attention. Mm. I don't have to go around annoying. No, no, that's not the right word. I don't have to, to go around soliciting attention because I'm just present. I'm just here. I'm centered. I'm transmitting who I am. I, uh, I'm available. I'm here. I'm not hiding. I'm just like, I can only show it with my body, but imagine that when you are centered, you're just in the middle. When you are impressing your go towards people, you're imposing yourself on people with all those like endless noise and then like you are moving too much into their space. And then at some point they yield, they're like they buy from you just to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's all those like super advanced uh, marketing tools where they squeeze people until people are like, okay, whatever, fuck off already from my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just whatever. Yeah. Versus if we are hiding, we are moving away. We are, we are, we are hiding, we are closing off our chest collapses. But it, when we are in the middle, then we find the balance. We are not afraid of being more in the doing and active and exposing ourselves, but we are also not collapsing and hiding. So there is this balance and it's a dance. I guess it's very personal. There is no recipe. One needs to find what works for their business and for their personality type. Someone would be more like introverted or highly sensitive like me. I just can't be posting every day. Like my highly sensitive nervous system won't be coping with that amount of interaction. I don't want that in my life. So it's my personal choice. But I know that some people feel cool with that and uh, uh, for them it works. So it's all about self-collaboration and, and making an inner choice that is aligned with, with who you are. Yes, I love this is this is so powerful. And I didn't even even though like we said it earlier that you're a paradigm shifter, it really didn't hit me until later when you said that. Because like Jay and I, it's like we, we've started to question everything and we encourage our clients to question everything. And I love that that's what you bring because it's really just what I love about the idea of questioning everything and, and paradigm shifting is just pausing and asking kind of why. And if the why still aligns, fine. If it doesn't, then maybe it allows you, not maybe, it does allow you to go a different direction that honors you more. And even just what you said that was hit, like, hidden what you didn't say that I heard was just the power of boundaries and respecting those boundaries because you're like, no, this is not going to work for me. So I'm not going to do it that way. Period. Yes, uh, exactly. And I think it's, it's also the power of stepping away from something with respect yeah. because again, no tool is for everybody. For some people it works all right, whatever, good luck, but not making it wrong, but also not taking anything at face value. I guess I've always been uh, very irreverent. I've always taken things apart and be like, sit who? Okay, this is just some white dude <laughs> is sitting in his privilege and thinking that he is uh, going to now mainstream marketing to everybody. Okay, but let me question that dude. How did he get that knowledge? It's just one dude's opinion. But again, and, and what I'm saying now is just one girl's opinion. You know, like it's not the gospel. It's just my personal opinion for my tiny little world. So I guess we need to we need to ask more questions. We need to become paradigm shifters collectively. We need to stop just accepting 
authority figures and gurus for what they say. Especially when we look at history of personal development, how much of it is just the same type of person with same economic, social, cultural background, just taking the same thing uh, and um, spoon feeding it to the masses, mm. really. Yeah. And people are just eating it up because they are not exposed to anything else. And I always think, well, you know, anybody can, anybody with a lot of money can buy a lot of Facebook ads space and just impose themselves on the audience and because they have a big following many people will mistake that for true expertise mm, yep. that's the problem i find that very problematic that people have very skewed perception of metrics and very skewed perception of expertise and authority and and i'm asking myself like why are people so obsessed still with those status symbols why are they obsessed with metrics when it comes to self-expression. That's, I think, the biggest paradigm shift that needs to happen, that we need to throw away all those vanity metrics. Yeah, I've always wondered, I've always wondered that, like, you know, you're sitting here and you're posting and and the stuff you post is like powerful, man. It's like life-changing shit. And like you said, it's crickets. And then all of a sudden, when you become a millionaire, or you have a million followers or whatever that status thing, now you have all these people like chasing you down. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like they can't wait to be in your space. I've always wondered like man why is there this thing you know like we want to ignore people it's a status thing i'm gonna ignore you because yeah. i don't know if you're worth it or not i don't know if you're you know someone i should follow you're a guru you're a whatever that status symbol is that's why i think we need to we need to start shifting that in yes. our own entrepreneurial culture how we treat each other who we follow who we respect who we who we give who we give airtime, who we give platform. Do we only give it to people with bigger following or do we give it to people who are authentic in what they're sharing and have something unique to share? So I think we need to be more discerning with who we give our attention and energy to. Yeah, definitely. I was just in a clubhouse room because we spend a lot of time in the wedding industry and they were talking about, you know, exactly what you said, having more diverse voices on the stages and on the platforms and really what it sometimes comes down to is for the conference organizer, they want the money, they want the following. So mm -hmm. they're going to be more likely to bring on so-and-so who has a million mm -hmm. followers where they know they can, you know, pad their purses versus mm -hmm. someone else where they may perceive that their audience is not nearly as wealthy or whatever. Like that's what drives it in some situations. Yeah. And that's very sad. Mm -hmm. I think we need to change that and yeah. not just change it conceptually, but change it with our behaviors. Yeah. We need to target decision makers like that and have conversations with them and ask them questions and issue a dare. So if I were to talk to that conference organizer, I would, I would really take, it, take them on. I would ask them a few questions. Yeah. Because if, if, if we don't rock the boat, who will? Yeah, no, it's true. Or even like those people who are influencers and are in those positions who always get those roles for them to say, look, I will not speak on this unless there are, you know, these types of people or these types of audiences or whatever. So I'm out unless you create yes. more diversity. Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. This is how we create change when decision makers and people who are in positions of power and now uh, following is power in social media age, they need to get on board with all that. Yes. Exactly. I love what you've just suggested. I think it's a fantastic tactic. Yeah, no, it's I'm actually I'm, I'm excited because I actually heard it in Clubhouse by someone from the LGBTQ arena because she said, I will not be the only LGBTQ speaker just to fill your quota. I will not oh, yeah. sit in that seat. 
I will only do it if there is a lot more diversity. So she really is the one who inspired that idea. So man, I, I feel like we could talk forever. There's so many things you're, you're like a whole wealth of like knowledge and resources and for sure, there are people listening who are like loving this, resonating, want more. So if they want to continue on the journey and continue to like be around you and your energy and the paradigm shifting and everything else you have to offer, where would they go or what's the next step? How do they work with you? Yes, they can find me on my website, violetteclashacol.com. I do have some free resources there and it's a guided meditation. My centering practice, actually seven minute practice, it's all spelled out and explained. And also my Instagram at violetta.klishakova. So there you can connect with me. Those are the best places. Perfect. And if you're like, how the hell do I spell her name? Just look at this episode because it's going to say throat yes. chakra with Violetta Pleshakova. And you can just get the spelling right from there. Super simple. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You've definitely shifted my paradigm as well as the paradigms of everybody listening. Yes. Thank you so much. It was amazing to talk to you. Thank you. Of course. All right. See you guys on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Life Adventurous podcast. If you love this episode, remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For course information, freebies, and to stay connected, join our Ohana, that means family, at www.2jhala.com forward slash Ohana. Remember to stay positive, enjoy the journey, and most of all, keep those eyes open for all of the adventures surrounding you.